This episode of the DJ Force X podcast is proudly sponsored by Fixed. Fixed is a fan and artist-friendly independent record label that specializes in hybrid electronic rock. It's home to the likes of Cell Dweller, Blue Starly, I Will Never Be The Same, Richie Nicks, The Algorithm, Voicians, Celia Akira, and a whole bunch more. Check out their latest label sampler for just one dollar at their official store, FixedStore.com. That's F-I-X-T-Store.com. Save 10% off your first order by using my coupon code FORCEX. That's F-O-R-C-E-X. They have loads of shirts, hoodies, stickers, posters, and many other accessories for all their artists. And this is available worldwide with fantastic international shipping rates to go with that. So head over to fixstore.com and check them out. And don't forget, use my coupon code FORCEX. Hello and welcome to the DJ Force X podcast episode 29. Uh, I have Matt Rose, uh, a vocalist who has worked with the likes of Dirty Phonics, Excision, The Chemists, uh, and is currently with Spanish Outfit, Go Mad and Monster. Um, yep, he's uh, he's worked with all those people and he's on my show. Uh, this actually, it'll be the second time around we did this interview. First time around, unfortunately, didn't go very well in as much as the quality of the recording was horrible, heavily distorted and... Like, I don't know if there's connection issues or whatever. I don't know. Didn't notice at the time. Went back to listen back to it. And it was just horrible. Anyway, second time around, we got it. We got the conversation in. So here it is. Uh, But before we go to the interview, uh, I just want to uh, say thank you for downloading uh, the show. That is absolutely awesome of you all who have and those who have stuck by it as well. Um, You know, they're... I'm getting regular downloads. Um, I'd like to know what you guys want to hear on the show. Uh, and also, if you don't mind leaving some reviews on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you get your uh, podcast from, there's some kind of rating reviewing type thing on there. Um, but yeah, five star reviews help a lot. Um, not going to lie. Uh, it sort of helps me get some of the sort of bigger names onto the podcast. Um, just purely because there are 101 of these sort of things. Uh, You've chosen to listen to mine, which I'm very grateful for. Um, I just want that one more step of support, just going onto iTunes, go onto the Apple site, go onto Stitcher, stitcher stitcher.com, find my podcast, leave a five-star review, couple of lines about what you like about it, um, and that just helps. It just, like, gets a little bit of traction. Get up that, like, uh, the charts on the sites. They have, like, podcast charts in certain... um, genres or whatever they're doing it in and going up that would help because that would bring more listeners in bigger artists you get to hear me chat with these people maybe go meet these people stuff like that um and more sponsors which also helps uh but i've got plenty more coming up after this one as well um just to give you a heads up i've got will Payne. uh he is uh formerly of zero cypher my old band but he's also got his own band right now called road of may uh so that'll be the next podcast after that i've got the um drummer from hacktivist um him coming up that was a great chat as well i've got seamless part of the fixed family and voicians as well another part of the fixed family coming up and also french uh rap metal outfit smash hit combo um 
and they're sort of in half in the can. Uh, I've got a couple more sort of lining up right now. So hopefully we'll just, I might even go weekly on this one um, just to sort of keep because there's release schedules for people and things like that. So yeah, um, anything you do to help, that would be great. Um, I'm eternally grateful for you just even downloading and listening to it. But if you just go that one step further, that would be absolutely awesome. So anyway, on to the interview. This is Matt Rose. Enjoy. Uh, I got Matt Rose with me. You may have heard of him. He's worked with the likes of Dirty Phonics and Excision, and he's on my show today. Welcome, Matt. Hi. How you doing, mate? I'm good. Thank I'm you good. For huh? having me. Not a problem, man. Not a problem. It's our second time round. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna time... get this one down. Yeah, didn't work out so well the first time round, but cool. So yeah, um, welcome to the show. Uh, and yeah, let's hey. let's get some uh, bits about who you are, where you've yeah. been, and where you're going. So, um, yeah, take it away. Give me some uh, history on yourself. God, it's a long old history. Um, <laughs> I'll just cut to the best bits where, you know, like uh, like a good uh, Motley Crue autobiography yes. where it's just got the best, the most rude bits. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I really just, you know, started playing music when I was 15, 16 in, in school bands because it was a good way to get girls. I think that's just every answer for every musician, isn't it? Pretty much. It's a good way to get girls. It was a really good way of getting girls. And, um, I wanted to get as many as I could at that stage. Still do actually. And, uh, um, don't let a girlfriend hear that. I was going to say, she's there. No, she's just left the room. Um, yeah, there's, uh, it was, yeah, playing in rock bands, um, and um, I think one of the highlights when I was that young was playing with Paul, supporting Paul Diano, who was the first lead singer of Iron Maiden. Um, and then at that point, an A and R guy from Virgin had spotted me, and he started helping me more and more. Um, and then I was born in Portsmouth in in the UK, which isn't a metropolis for the music business. So he was kind of very, um, uh, what's the word influential in moving me to towards London. Mm. And, uh, so that was the next thing was to move towards London. Um, and I attend, I attended a music college and made all sorts of friends. And there, there I bumped into, uh, the drummer from Skunk and Nancy uh, Mark Richardson, mm-hmm. who had a new project on the go, so I started working with him. Uh, he then got the job with Feeder when the Feeder drummer passed away. Yeah, uh, I then got another job through a manager who used to a guy called Nick Tabber, who produced the first Thin Lizzy record, mm-hmm. and he produced a lot of Marillion. Um, and he had a band he was looking after who their singer had dropped out just before a European tour. And I just was thrown into the fire like maybe a week before learned a whole set and pulled it off. But that tour was really, that tour is actually when I first came across the, the dirt, which is the Motley Crue autobiography. And I remember we were all reading it as we were doing the tour, passing it around. 
and uh, it made my behaviour so bad on that tour that the tour manager, <laughs> the tour manager actually left halfway through to go to the mountains in Switzerland at his parents' house and just said, "I can't deal with you anymore. See you later." <laughs> I mean, we were trashing hotel rooms. We thought we were Motley Crew. We generally thought we were Motley Crew, but with <laughs> without any of the budget and and none of the good songs. Um, so we, uh, yeah, our behaviour got pretty bad to a point where there was one town on the Swiss border, Swiss. Italian border where we had wrecked this hotel room we were we were being followed by the police around this town and we all night we constantly walked around the town avoiding the police until we left in the morning till they stopped hunting us it wasn't a very big town so we literally just had to keep going um yeah and then after that um I started working with a guy called Pete Brown who wrote the lyrics for Cream and he was a major influence on me on helping my lyric writing get better, um, a lot better even. Uh, he he wrote Sunshine You Love, White Room, I Feel Free. He wrote some of the big hits for Cream and was such a great beat poet and lyricist yeah, and just taught me how to put myself in the right frame of mind for writing a song. It gave me a, gave me a direction really um, and a new way of looking at songwriting because my songwriting it came from a lot of basically copy copying um, other people, mm. as you do in music, you yes. take something, and so the, he really helped me try and find my own style. Um, and uh, he, yeah, and then the other guy at that time I was working with was a guy called Chris Kimsey who worked with the Stones. Um, he he produced yeah he produced the Stones records I can't remember which ones they were now Undercovered he produced he produced a, a couple of EPs with us and he was a real influence as well because you know I got to ask him all the questions about you know how does Jagger do this and you know how does Keith do that mm. um, so I'm picking up all these bits of information which are really handy for building my own thing um, I then joined a metal band called black hand and we had um we had uh sorry can i does that can you hear that can i should i shut the door i can hear that yeah i've just realized my girl my girlfriend's sister is fucking loud (laughs) she's a miracle uh, musical theater student so she just projects all the time ah yes there you go yeah um sorry where was i yeah so Started working with a band called The Black Hand, who are a metal band, very much influenced by Alice in Chains. Mm. Um, one of my favorite, one of my biggest influences, space, especially Lane Staley. Um, and then we started working with a producer called Eddie Kramer, who produced, uh, God, he's produced everyone. The biggest one being Jimi Hendrix. And then Led Zeppelin three he did. So, again, had him in the studio. We went into Abbey Road. Very lucky to do that. We went into Abbey Road and cut our first sort of music for Universal um, there. And uh, again, I just got to learn from him straight. You know, I could got to, I had the chance to ask him questions, you know, right, that you and get answers that you wouldn't get in like maybe, you know, your typical interview in a magazine yeah. and sound, sound say. Um, so yeah, I've just had a privilege, you know, I'd take up to there. And then I had a, a spell with the chemist for about five years. And then, um, started working with the Day Phonics. Yeah. Take up. Tell the, me about how that uh, came about because they're quite prominent in the um, in the electronic dance music yeah. industry. Or 
Do you like the term EDM? Are you one of those? Uh, I don't mind it. You don't it's mind it. Problem. It kind of just—it's yeah. just an acronym, isn't it? Yes, yeah, <laughs> it sums it all up. Pretty, it does. Uh, electronic pretty dance music. How else would you explain? You know how it. But yeah. Anyway, to market it, they came up with that. But yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah they, I mean, those guys. Go on, they go were on. playing in um, they were playing in a club in Brighton, and I brought them back to my local pub. And I had a lock in with them afterwards, and we got really drunk and realized that we had a lot in common. Yeah. Me and them, and uh, just kept in contact with them, really. And I, I had this vocal, which, you know, you can hear on the track. I just had one hook, really. It was just, you know, who's got the power now? The game is over. Who's got the power now? Minds are sober. Mm. Who's got the power now? We're coming for you. I just had that bit. And then I sent them that, and they loved it. And they said, we've actually got a track which we're writing, which this is brilliant for, but we, we need more. We've got an intro. We've got a big, epic intro. And they sent me it, and then I wrote the rest of it for them. And, uh, and then I also had the other track, Since You've Been Gone. That was already written by me, piano and vocal. So I just gave them that, and they turned it into what it was, which you know I think they did a really good job on it. And uh, had the two sides of me, really, which was the soul side, and the angry Rage Against the Machine side. Yeah. And the angry act, political activist inside <laughs> me. Um, we've all got it. It's just like, We've all got it. It's just vocalizing it's just, it, you know? <laughs> it's vocalizing it because it can be, you know, society does everything it can to, uh, you know, um, what's the word? Sub, submerse it. To, you know, they don't want you, uh, it's very easy to go, oh, there's so many problems in the world, I'm just not going to get involved in any of them because it's too overwhelming. Yeah. But I guess for me, you know, just being able to say, you know, if you're just being a vegetarian or if you're just, you know, going to a political rally every now and again, you're at least doing something. And, and for me, Power Now was that. Yeah. Even though I think they, in their French way, and Dimac did misunderstand the politicalness of that lyric and tried to in the in the good old american way tried to say or maybe they didn't like the fact that they knew that and i think they did try to describe it as like you know you're taking control of your life in the uh you know the good american you know feel let's feel good way and i was like when i heard them announce that over and over when they first day with it i was like no nah, that really was not the thought behind those, that track at all lad but you run with it. But yeah, that came out on Dim Max, so that yeah. was really good. And then uh, I didn't realize that Power Now was actually meant to be a collaboration with Jeff Abel Excision. Okay. So he, but he couldn't finish it. So, but he heard that track and he loved it, and he put it in his Shambhala mix in 2014. Nice. And uh, he then, we then got put put together. There was an email from the manager or someone. I, I think did I send him the email? I'll have to look back. Someone, there was a contact with his manager and uh, it was like, do you want to do a track with Jeff? And there was, yeah, obviously yes. <laughs> yes. And then I managed to work with Excision and I didn't realise really until I started working with him, I didn't really realise how big Excision was and he's done very well. Yeah. You know, he, him and Dion Timmer, who, who is scarily only 16, <laughs> um, him and Dion Timmer have got a good thing. You know, they they make some good bass music and they're really flying the flag of keeping dubstep alive. Mm. And, and it is definitely alive in America. It it's is. definitely alive. It is. May have died a death in, in England, in the UK, but it's very much alive there. Um, 
but yeah, that was that's my involvement with them. And now I've just started to get involved with a band called Go Mad a Monster, yeah. who are from Madrid. Um, who were fans of the Power Now track, and uh, uh, I heard their stuff. and And they don't just work at, you know, drum and bass. They don't just make drum and bass. They make, you know, one thirty BPM stuff. They make like hard style music. They make dubstep. But they they like to make all sorts of genres, which I think really, you know, when people go to a festival, they do get the choice of all that, yeah. of that genre, don't they? Yeah, and. Uh, you know, having a DJ set that caters for that really appealed to me because I think I was kind of done with relentlessly hearing drum and bass all the time. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've started working with them and we're, we're, we've released one track, which was put on the official soundtrack for the new recent need for speed game. Yeah. Uh, shot a video for it, uh, which is on YouTube. If people want to go and check it out, uh, it's called under control by go Matter monster featuring Matt Rose. And, uh, yeah, we've got an e- two EPs coming out, one after another. Cool. Which uh, I'll be obviously sending to your good self soon. Yes, uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, the, uh, the idea is we're going to do four EPs and then they make an album together. They will, they're, they're all kind of, they're all linked. They'll all be linked by artwork and the names. Mm. Um, it's going to be linked with the kind of like four horsemen Riding Horseman of the Apocalypse, that's how they're going to be linked. And then you get all four EPs, they'll make the album. If you see what I mean, the album, the artwork will all join together to make one cover. Okay. That's how we're doing it. But we're just splitting it up into four EPs. Oh. So that's in the works at the moment. And uh, playing shows, playing shows of them already live, which is really, they're really cool live. Yeah, you, said um, you just played um, out in Bill Bauer. Just played out at Club Bullshit in Bilbao, and is that is that your what, name? Yep, it's called Club Bullshit. Okay. What a name! There's no bullshit <laughs> at club. I'm telling you, I try to find someone to speak bullshit to me in that club, and there's no one. <laughs> so uh, it's it's a wicked club, and it's a really thriving scene in Bilbao. I mean, there's 800 kids there, yeah, just loving dance music, which is brilliant, and um, and the same in Valencia. So you know, it's very much. There's a strong scene for uh, for us out in uh, in Spain, and now the key is to kind of build up that fan base in other places. Yeah, yeah. So what, I'll what, probably ignore the UK actually. Yeah, I would until it becomes. <laughs> yeah, the UK's a hard. Yeah, it's a hard place to break, and um, yeah, you know, I think I think the UK's got its own thing going on right now, and it's swung towards bands and I mean dance music. Don't get me wrong, Prodigy will still play a sold out show to anywhere they want. Yeah, but. Um, dance music isn't as big as it was a few years ago, but I think places like Spain are more reflective of America, American culture right now. And EDM is very much a word in in Spain, and it's very you know they they look at ultra and they you know they want their, they that's what they look at ultra music festival. They think from what what I can gather anyway. Yeah. So yeah, um. Uh, I think, you know, for me, the UK is not something to be bothered at. I've played more than enough gigs here anyway, so yeah. <laughs> it's nice to come and play Spain. There is only so many times you can do that that run of venues. Um, yeah, it's good to get out. Plus, it's a lot, a lot, Spain's a lot nicer country as well. Yeah, you've probably got nicer weather. <laughs> nicer weather. The girls are different. The, uh, 
I've got to stop saying that. You have. <laughs> food is food is a lot better for me anyway. Yeah. I don't think I don't think British cuisine is really that. You know what we've done well is steal from everyone else: the French, the Spanish, yeah. Japanese. That's well means some of the best food is. So yeah, yeah. Fuck the UK. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, there was there was a brief moment as well. I was in a tech metal band called Monuments. Oh yes, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. So yeah, we um we released uh I released a record with them called Gnosis. Um, yes which we made with Dan, the wonderful, amazing Dan Weller from Sixth, yeah. who's a great producer. And I can't stress enough, if you're a young metal band out there, go and try and work with him because he's a great, great producer. Does a lot of Enter Shikari. Does all of Enter Shikari now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we made that record. Uh, that's one of my proudest pieces of work, actually, Gnosis. Um, uh, and definitely, you definitely, people out there, if you're going to, listen and actually check out some of my music definitely check out the tracks regenerate 97 percent static uh and uh blue sky thinking on that record because uh there's some and the musicianship in monuments was second to none i mean they were really great players mm. still are really great players i'm looking at the go mad and monster uh site right now uh go mad and if anyone wants to go there yeah. <laughs> i didn't know we had that Cool. Yeah, it's there. I was just wondering which one are you? Are you in the band photos yet? No, I'm not in the band photos yet. So we've done all that promo this week, and okay. uh, we're slowly building up to it. I mean, we we'll want the we're working the live show more. It needs it still needs work. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll be ready by September to like fully go ahead and have me as a face and everything. But I don't want to present something until it's like perfect. Okay, that's cool because they're, uh, they're all wearing masks. It's the only reason I asked. They all wear masks. I mean, I'm debating what to wear at the moment. I might, if I can come up with a good concept, then for something, then I will. Yeah. But it won't be a mask like that. I was going to say, is that is that a thing for them, or is it just? Yeah, they're like specially made masks. They're like made by like some movie oh, person. Nice. They're quite expensive. Yeah. Um, playing in masks isn't fun. No, it's a <laughs> bit like. You know, I don't know how Dead Mouse and all those guys do it. it Air conditioning be... in that big mouse head. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they like. I mean, they like it because I think I think they generally because they are. I think it was general generally from like stage fright. It gave them more confidence. Yeah. When you know, I think it kind of looks cool. <laughs> yeah. No. I, 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 like I said, I've worn masks before. I just it's it's just not comfortable uh, unless you obviously get them uh, properly. Made. Well, these are like, really specially made, so I've tried one on. And they're really like molded to the face, and there's lots of uh, air vents. It's kind of been properly done. Yeah. Then a a mask that so you can just pick up. Yeah, I'm also like a Halloween sure. mask. It's plastic. <laughs> yeah, I think they're probably bad. Yeah, they probably will steam up. These ones, these ones, especially done. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Go Man and Monster did similar thing from what they told me that they they started with a uh, with Halloween masks. Yeah. So they always had that idea, that presence of mind to do that. So. Yeah. yeah, I think I won't be wearing a mask. I'll, I'll might, might come up with something though. So they, they, they wear them live, right? So yes, they, but you don't. You're just not at the moment. No, mask, if you will, so. no, I'm too cool. pretty. <laughs> we need someone pretty up front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. 
So, um, what are the plans going for? I've seen that you got an EP. Uh, do you actually yep. have anything in the pipeline, um, show-wise, or do you know when the first EP will be released? The first EP will be released in May. In May. Second EP. Uh, no, actually, take that back. First EP will come out in April, okay. and the second EP will come out in May. Yeah. And then. Uh, I think the the plan is to follow up with the third and fourth EP June July. Then okay. maybe a, maybe a month gap, maybe. Okay. But and then that will make the album. Yeah. Uh, and as for shows, there's festivals. If you go on the website, booked in. Um, ones that I'm on will state whether I'm on them because um, it's still a very new thing at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I've got other commitments I need to finish, but. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping we can finalise some big gigs with some big support slots, which we're looking at at the moment. And uh, yeah, the plan plan is to just get Go Mad and Monster out there more and more. I was going to say, there's probably a few dance festivals coming up. It's coming up to the summer, so you'll yeah. have a good uh, a good a good picking of, of what's what's available. Yeah, I would have thought. Uh, I don't know how difficult it is in the in the electronic dance. Whether it's the same as the oh no, no it's, it's, or if it's like if there's a different process or if it it's the same as any process it's just um we we need to release this new music we haven't released any new music for a while so um we re- this will be the first lot so it book, book, bookings are kind of reactive things when people see that there's new new uh bookings yeah uh, new music the bookings come yes yeah so, yeah oh, that's cool and um yeah obviously you're releasing it just in time for the summer so hopefully yeah jump on that's a great thing about the electronic music thing it's not like a band as such yeah no we can we can play we can quickly assemble to play a show yeah um how, it's does, just... how does that work with you being obviously based in england and they're in spain is that is that a difficulty for you or is that something no else? it's not too it's not too bad i think there's the language barrier is more of a difficulty but they've you know um skype conversations are definitely better than just messaging via text or facebook because things can get lost in translation especially when you know spanish is no english isn't your language so um it it works fine and it just means i have to go to madrid a bit more which is wow such a bummer (laughs) (laughs) madrid is is such a great city so yeah it's it's fine um everyone's a competent musician so there's not actually any real bother there you know as long as people learn their parts yeah. and then we can just get together and do a couple of rehearsals before a couple of days before we go out and play um and then once you're on a run it kind of takes care of itself sort of thing um but yeah there's no there's not been any real real problems with that at all yeah. which is is good i know some bands deal with uh you know like an american having american you know the american uk thing yes so yeah. at least it's not that bad. We talked about your your music and everything, so we're just going to go for a couple of the uh, the bullet questions, if you will. Yep. So your top three albums. That top def- three albums. That kind of define who you are as a musician or person or both. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, this is too hard to narrow it down to three. Um, <laughs> can we do top three artists? Was that yeah. your next? No, no, three? no. We could do top three artists. Top three. Top albums. three artists would be easier. Yeah. Because. Go for it. Narrowing it down to works, um, Beatles. Yeah. Sorry to say, but there, there's for me, there's so much rich. Uh, there's so much to learn 
popular from them. So much greatness. And I love the way they can turn their hand to any type of song. They can do like a obladil oblada to something great like While My Guitar Gently Weeps or um, Tax Man to uh, A Day in the Life. It's just... It is. It's like a lot of people, they they don't... I mean, when I say to people that the Beatles are the most influential band in the world, you know, I say that without... With confidence, if you will. So, oh, yeah. but it, it, it's like, well, but how they just made pop tunes, and I was like, no. Yeah. If you listen to it, if you listen to not just the pop tunes, but listen to like some of the tracks, these these the deep cuts. You listen not... to the Lennon ones; they ain't pop tunes. They're yeah. the Lennon ones are deep cuts. They're, they're exactly, pop... exactly. And people, and like, you just listen to the musicianship as well, because mm. you think from a from a band that were a, a four piece, and. You know, they they recorded in a studio with like you know just using just a couple of microphones. Yeah. But the sound, the way the way Ringo Starr drums, not many yep. people can drum like that. You watch him and you yep. try and mimic him, you can get the beat, but you won't get the swing with that. The way no, he plays, no. you will not get it because he kind of uh, he has this. I say I'm not going to say weird, but his technique is just it's unique. But and I think Dave, people like Dave Grohl picked loads of proper drummers. That was the video, wasn't there? I think they must have had like a commemoration anniversary for the Beatles and oh, they made oh. a video for Ringo. Yeah, he but they got, had all um, the top drummers. Yeah, he got uh, he got put into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, well, that, they should have been put in there ages ago. Well, no, um, it was just him. The Beatles, I think, are in there, but it was just for him. Oh, that's good. He's got his they should all be in there. Yeah. Individually, because uh, even Paul, he's a great songwriter as well, but they, yeah... It shows when you have all those great drummers wanting to be in a video to say how great, how innovative he was, he must be good. Because there were some serious drummers in that video. Yeah. Serious drummers. So, yeah. No messing around. No. Um, I guess second for me would be, um, second or third would be Jeff Buckley. Yep. Uh, for me, Grace is a masterpiece. One of the best albums yeah. ever, ever written. Um, her voice could do anything with that voice, and again, the songwriting—it's just, it's just, it's just that complete. For me, Grace is such a complete album. Mm. Um, and uh, I know we—he wasn't on the planet long, but he—he he left us with some great work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'd be I'd be happy to even write one of those songs, something as good as that on his record. Let alone how many eleven or ten tracks that he wrote for that record. Um, so yeah, that's another one for me. And then I guess third, that's going to be hard because the nineties was so good for grunge. <laughs> but then I also was caught up being in England with indie, mm. so. You've got bands like ACDC, um, Soundgarden. Uh, ACDC, sorry, what did I say? Addison Chains, Soundgarden. Um, that really, I would listen to nonstop, but then I would also listen nonstop to, you know, Oasis and um, uh, Charlatans and uh, um, Stone Roses. So it would be to put another album there I'm trying to think of an album that just doesn't stop that I can't stop listening to start to finish it's too this is a hard question does everyone answer the whole question they do they do some avoid it uh, and work their way around or 
or like you did, you changed it to artist rather than album. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know if I can even put another artist in there. I mean, the classic ones could go in there. I could say someone like Sabbath or Zeppelin. Yeah. Because they're obviously massive instruments. Deftones, I would have to say. Maybe maybe I would have to say Deftones. Okay. For my third band. Yeah, that's a good third, call. Third artist. Yeah. And again, I can name any album because there's so many great albums. The Deftones, because I thought Chino really was, there was no other better vocalist than him, original vocalist in metal. Yeah. And still today, there's no one that's done nope. anything close maybe to Maybe Maynard. Maynard is good. He's as good as him. But Chino, for some reason, he's got something in that vocal that is just so... Yeah, it's a thing. I I I really like the sort of um, the high pitched like male vocal, like uh, yeah. like like Chino when he's yeah. going for it, or like an Axl Rose, especially yeah. when it's got the soul in it. If you get me, yeah, like, yeah. it can like not kind of like um, not so much uh, Rob Halford because his was very. I'm more about the soul than the. I agree with you. I'm more about the soul. I know what you're you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Rob Halford and people like that and even i would say you know people like bruce dickinson and yeah you know the the kind of that kind of metal has not got much soul in it or if you listen to like um we're going back a bit but here but uh paul catton mm-hmm. like a lot of people you can listen to it and just like he's quite high pitched and you know yeah but if you listen like if you've seen him like play live or listen to his vocal isolated or anything like that it's got that that element of soul in it which yeah. which like instantly draws me in because I'm like to sing at that pitch and have that edge to it is just because yeah. it's not just like high pitched and screaming. Yeah, and him it's, and Chino Maynard have that, and uh, yeah. I think it comes for me liking that sort of metal more so than because if I'm going to be honest, people uh, and this is where people go, oh, I can't, I'm not going to even take this man seriously anymore. But I'm not <laughs> a massive fan of Iron Maiden. I'm not a massive. I kind of like some of Metallica. Mm. But um, I'm not a massive fan of um, Judas Priest. Yeah. But it's got a bit of soul in it because I, the vocalist I loved were Steve Marriott and Paul Rogers growing up, and and uh, you know, and then all the black artists, the Otis Reddings, Marvin Gaye's, yeah, Stevie Wonder. These are vocalists who I would listen to a lot. And um, that's not to say that Bruce Dickinson's vocal isn't good. It's just uh, for me, it's it doesn't have enough soul in it for me. Mm. Chino, Chino has that yeah, abundance. Just that edge. Yeah, just that edge. Cool. All right. Well, last question. Yep. Go for it. Pretty much last question. You can't <laughs> have my. You can't have my number. Ah, damn it! Can Dude, I, it's so, <laughs> I need to pestering say, the hell out of me. I, I've I, got I, that injunction <laughs> against you as well. You know, you need to keep away. I was going to ask if I could just, you know, crash at your place for a bit, but that's no, all right. No, um, <laughs> I've got a funny story. Mikey Goodman once did that from six. Yeah, wanted to know. crash for a couple of days. Yeah, he was helping me write some of the vocals for the Monuments record. Yeah, didn't think the guy was going to leave. <laughs> I was like, you know, I just said a couple of days, yeah, to write the, to, you know, for a writing session. He was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> Four long, days. How long did he say? Four days. Four but days. I didn't think he was going to leave. No? I really didn't think he was going to leave. My <laughs> girlfriend wouldn't let him stay anyway. He's actually a really sweet guy and really nice. Despite what you look at on stage, you think, wow, this frightful man's going to come around my house. He's actually really sweet. No, I met him a couple of times. He's a nice guy. So he's yeah, he's like... a nice guy. He's not like his character in Six. No. Have you checked out um, 
outpatients, then it was outside the coma. I think it was outside uh, yeah. That's the name. I only, I've only got yeah, he, he likes that culture a lot. He was working on that when I was with him. And uh, there was also Painted yeah. Smiles he did as well. That was another side project he yeah. did. Yeah. He's, done, he's a very talented guy. He makes a lot of, um, does his own videos. Yeah. Uh, he comes up with all the concepts and storyboards for them. He's a very, very talented guy. I mean, I, you know, there's probably, that's probably why Sixth can't, why they've had to break up because there's too many driving forces in that band. Well, they've just, which, they just tore with Slipknot, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, they were, on, they were on a break for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. They were. And I think that has to be, you know, part of the reasons because they are so Mikey is so strong, you know, so creative and, and wants to take control of the video, the music. So does Dan Weller. Yeah. So does Pin. Yeah. You know, uh, they they all do they so it, I can see that band could be quite intense to be in yeah, yeah. but no, they're all older now and chilled so no it was just nice to see them back because I mean yeah. I'd played with them countless times in England when they were you know we did the same circuit and yeah. I watched them every time and just watching the musicianship yeah and monumental just, yep they're just the best the way they worked and then when they like split I was like oh crap you know. What's going, and then you get like the if they had years. a split what could they have done well i think it was more they split they split they, they, i know what well, they split because they hated each other well no there is that there is that <laughs> but no i just meant like after they split a lot of bands came oh, out yeah. you know there's that whole math core thing going on and oh yeah, yeah. Rubbish. well that's where monuments came from monuments were very much influenced by sick mm. all of those gem bands yes yeah, was it sick and uh, metal Sixth and Meshuggah. Meshuggah, that was it. <laughs> basically, you know, there isn't a riff that John Brown from Monuments hasn't ripped off from Meshuggah. He's, <laughs> he's, you know, he, they're, they're so good. Yeah. No, they are. They are indeed. No. But yeah, sorry, what was the final question? No, it's all right. It's cool. Uh, just... Stay over. Don't worry. It's fine. Stay. <laughs> just your, just your, your hobbies away from music. Hobbies away from music. Yeah, so I know you uh, Drinking lot. beer. Drinking beer. Okay. Yeah. Lots of craft beer, if I can. In England, we've got this obsession with craft beer at the moment. Yeah. So it means there's just a delicious beers surrounded. I'm surrounded by delicious beers everywhere. It's happening here too. Oh, um, great! America's always been good for it. I mean, yeah, they've always they've got great a, lot craft. Of, a lot of IPAs. Um, yeah. There's actually a restaurant called World of Beers. Oh, I've got to get to America. <laughs> I do want to do a craft beer tour of America, but yeah, in England, I've done I've done the. Bermondsey Mile, so in London, in Bermondsey, they've got like eight breweries in a row, and they're yeah. really good. And you can go up there, and you just get pissed for the day, and it's just good to uh, that it's finally taken off so much you don't have to drink all the crap like bloody Carling and Heineken anymore. <laughs> but it does cost an arm and a leg to get pissed now. You kind of go to the bar and get your get everyone around for four people, and it's yeah. like twenty five quid. Like no, what? Just happened. No, I remember back in the day when I someone just robbed me, and they didn't even have a gun to my head. <laughs> no, I remember back in the day when I when I used to. I don't drink anymore, but I used to drink. Yeah. And you used to go to the you used to get the cheap shit before you went to the club. Mm-hmm. So you get buzzed off that, and then you maybe have one or two drinks Cider. in the club. Yeah. Just like the cheap Boston White Lightning. Cider. Yeah, you know everyone's done scrumpy. it. <laughs> White Lightning, Scrumpy, Hooch, Hooch. Hooch. Yeah. God, I was trying to explain to the Spanish Hooch the other day. Yeah. I was, I was like, what do you drink when you were kids? And they're like, huh? You must have had hooch or like an alcopop. And they're like, what are alcopops? And I tried to describe to them what an alcopop was. It was so hard. Yeah. Well, they kind of still have them here, but they've jazzed them up a bit. 
like you can get yeah. like you know um like it's called not your not your dad's or not your mama's root beer or something yeah. it's like you know what root beer is like do they have alcoholic root beer in america yeah it's called hard root beer or you've got hard <gasps> hard a hard cider hard you've lemonade to get a hard root beer over here yeah. i mean root beer is hard to come by as it is yeah. but i love root beer yeah there's this coney island stuff uh you can buy yeah, it yeah, in yeah. supermarkets but yeah they've got like all kind of like what would be considered alco pops but they're yeah. kind of jazzed up nice labels expensive it's just yeah. like nah they're just alco there's like this um budweiser got these uh rita this rita brand and it's like raspberry yeah. rita blueberry rita Margarita, so crap <laughs> and it's just like in a can and it's like pre-made you know raspberry flavored alcohol <laughs> and it's just just sugar and alcohol. crap in a can yeah, exactly but yeah the craft beers you know god i love them i love <laughs> going out discovering new ones yeah what a hobby to have i'm a beer drinker yeah you know i try i try to go to the gym uh-huh. That goes, you know, two weeks after Christmas, I go to the gym and then I stop for the rest of the year. I feel like that's enough. Yeah. You know, the beer can, the rest of the work can be done by the beer. You feel like you've done your bit. Yeah. <laughs> then I walk to the pub and back. Yeah. Oh, that takes some doing. Yeah, you can't, you get the pedometer. Tell me yeah. you're done. <laughs> but I play a bit of football as well. All right, cool. Yes. I'm, I'm actually playing tonight. That's a hobby, I suppose. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I hope we, you keep an eye on the Premier League. I do. I'm I'm a Liverpool fan, so I well. I <laughs> done over the weekend. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't actually see the game. I saw we were two 0 up. I stopped listening to Talksport because um, yeah. I took my kids roller skating. So yeah, and it's noisy there. And I got home and I saw it was three two, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Happened? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I did as well. I'm from that part of the world, so when I keep an eye on Southampton. Yeah. Um. I can't believe they managed to turn around. You should watch it. It's it's great to watch him crumble. It's great to watch Jurgen Klopp suddenly get that. He was he was literally he loves to celebrate goals, doesn't yeah. he? So in the first half, you I mean you should have been out of sight in the first half, but yeah. something happened in the second half. You could have scored four in the first half. I saw him have a go at Benteke. Apparently, he had a word with him on the pitch. <laughs> but then afterwards, they said they asked him that, and he said, "I just had a word with him before he goes off to his." to his country because it's, it's all the, um, oh, the international pictures yeah. but everyone's saying oh it looked more like a bollocking and he said no I was just having a word with him he's like bloody hell don't have all... that's a strong <laughs> word he was probably like you cost me that game you missed that city you idiot yeah if you're a striker you're paid X amount you should get those score for more goals you yeah. goddamn donkey yeah damn it <laughs> he went don't be another Heskey yeah Oh no, Heskey was good for a season. For a season. Yeah, but he was very good. He was partnered with um, uh, Michael Owen. That was more to his game than scoring goals, but unfortunately he was a striker, so it needed to be more about the goals. Yeah, it did. It was good. There was more to his game than scoring goals. He gets a bad rep. That guy was strong, fast, and he could hold the ball up. And and he's still playing. He can play. Bloody hell. He's playing for Bolton, I think. Oh, God. Uh, who lost 6-0 at the weekend. But, <laughs> but, um, nice one, Heskey. Yeah, yeah, blame him. He's gone to sort that club out. Yeah. Nice. Well, he was playing in Australia for a long while. Yeah. Played over there. But apparently we might be getting Joe Cole playing for my local team here. Brilliant. According to, like, rumour, heavy rumour, once the season's up with Coventry, he's coming over to Tampa. What happened to, to Joe Rowdy. Cole? Oh, he played for Liverpool, then went back to West Ham. Yeah, what happened to Joe Cole? I don't know what happens to players. I mean, Torres, that's amazing how he went 
such a reverse for him. Well, he's playing well for Atletico. He went back to Spain. So, well, he's not still what he did at Liverpool. No, no. But and he's no idea. Radomir Falcao, what the hell has happened yeah. to him? No. And, same with, and Joe Cole, he was an England international and Chelsea player at one point. He was, but I think injuries stopped Joe Cole. I think that was his issue. Yeah. He was constantly injured. I mean, yeah, you fear for someone young like Luke Shaw to see how he's going to come back, but hopefully he's young enough yeah. to come back because yeah. he he's really promising, Luke Shaw. Yeah. But it's a crazy season this season. We've got Leicester, who are probably going to win the league. Oh, they have won the league. Yeah. Let's, just, let's give in. Let's just, let's just what, see how they do against Barcelona next year. Oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> that'll be fun. If well, they... If, they, if they can beat Barcelona, that's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, if they can keep the players they've got as well. That's, yep. that's the other thing because I reckon they'll get pillaged to fuck yep. like Mares, phenomenal player he's been linked well, he's being linked with everyone but yep. it's going to be tough to keep him but you know they could sell him for how much they paid for the rest of the squad so yeah <laughs> you become a shameless uh, fan then of, of Leicester no I'm no. shameless. I'm not. I don't care. I, I'm just like, yeah, I, Leicester are cool. If Liverpool aren't in it, I'd love them to win because it kind of proves that you don't have to spend that much money. You just need that cohesion in your team. Well, Liverpool don't want anyone else to win it, do they? Well, no, there's that too. United aren't going to win it though, really. That's the only fierce rival. Uh, so if it's well, got to be anyone, I guess everyone wants Leicester to win because Arsenal don't want Tottenham to win it. Tottenham don't want Arsenal to win it. Yeah. <laughs> And Liverpool won't want United to win it, but those guys are out. And United won't want City to win it. So Leicester kind of helps everyone just deal with the fact that it was a weird season. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how well they do next season. You've got all these Leicester, hardcore Leicester fans as well who put money on their team at the beginning of the season. Joke bets. Yeah. Who are now cashing them in yeah. for like 40 grand. Because <laughs> they crazy. the bookies are just going, please don't see it out to the end. Just take the money now. <laughs> Well, I only put a tenner on it, and I could get what was it? Was it a thousand to one or something? Yeah, some of those odds. Yep. Crazy money. Yeah. But yeah, cool. All right, man. Cool. Well, right, thank you very much for your time again. Uh, no, second time around, right. but this time I didn't hear anything wrong with it this time. So, cool. fingers crossed, everything will be thank good. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, and, not um... a problem at all. Uh, my pleasure. So, um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy your food if you haven't already had it. It's gone cold. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, mate. Cool. Speak soon. There we have it. At the end of another podcast. Thank you for listening all the way through. Um, yeah, uh, go check out Matt Rose's material. Go Mad a Monster. Have the Apocalypse EP that is out now. Uh, you can get that on all the usual outlets for music digitally. I don't think I have any physical copies just yet, but check out gomadamonster.com uh, for any other further news on them or their Facebook is another good one. And the Twitter feed, um, Matt Rose's is at Matt underscore Rose 666 if you want to follow him. Um, but he's got plenty going on, uh, working with a lot of people. But his main project right now is just Go Mad a Monster. Uh, which is great. The Apocalypse EP is a really good EP. Uh, I've listened to it a few times around now. Um, and yeah, uh, do that. Support the artists. Uh, support the podcast. Go leave me a five-star review, please, on uh, the various places that this is available, iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Um, that would be awesome. So then, until next time, this is DJ Force X, out. <laughs>